Hi there, and welcome to Mini Geek Critique, the podcast that talks about anything and everything geeky. This is the second episode of the Represent series, looking at how women have been represented in sci-fi movies over the decade. Last episode, we looked at 1927 Fritz Lamm masterpiece Metropolis, and this episode we will look at 1935's Bride of Frankenstein, directed by James Whale. Don't forget, there will be spoilers. Please be aware that this podcast episode refers to abuse and violence. The story begins on a stormy night with Mary Shelley, the author of Frankenstein, telling her husband Percy and friend Lord Byron that her original story has a lesson and that she has more to tell. The setting then shifts to where the previous 1931 film Frankenstein left off, with the destruction of the windmill, the fall of Frankenstein and the supposed death of the monster. The villagers leave with the body of Dr Henry Frankenstein and make their way back to the mansion to relay the terrible news to his bride-to-be Elizabeth. Hans, the father of the girl who was drowned by the monster, doesn't believe the monster to be dead until he sees its bones and makes his way into the destroyed tower, much to the chagrin of his wife. Hans slips and falls into the pit of water, only to be discovered and strangled by the recovered monster who then causes the wife to fall to her death. Minnie, Frankenstein's housekeeper, sees the monster and flees to tell the villagers who do not believe her. As the villagers return Dr Frankenstein to Elizabeth, she sees him move and realises that he is still alive. Later, as Elizabeth nurses Henry back to health and he is convalescing in bed, she becomes hysterical as she has a vision of death approaching. Meanwhile, Minnie answers the door in the middle of the night to Henry's mentor, Dr Septimus Pretorius, who has arrived to convince Henry to continue his research. Pretorius takes Henry to his own lab and shows him miniature versions of humans, including a mermaid, a king and a queen. Henry agrees to help Pretorius by constructing the mate for the monster to go with the artificial brain that Pretorius will create. During this time, the monster is making his way through the woods and rescues a drowning shepherdess but runs away as she screams at him. After a chase through the forest, the villagers lock him up in a cell, chained to a chair. The monster escapes, burning his hand on a gypsy family's fire and finds himself at the hut of a blind hermit. The hermit takes in the monster and helps it to talk and smoke cigars. Later, two hunters stumble upon the hut and trying to protect the hermit shoot at the monster who is then chased to a graveyard where it finds solace in the crypt. It is here that the monster encounters Pretorius and learns of his plans to have a companion made for it. Henry and Elizabeth are now married and as they are preparing to leave for their honeymoon are visited by Pretorius who tells Henry it is time to complete his end of the bargain. Henry refuses but then realises that Elizabeth has been kidnapped by the monster and is forced to reconsider his options. He agrees to help Pretorius, who says Elizabeth will be unharmed so long as Henry fulfills his agreement. Henry and Pretorius make their way to Frankenstein's tower lab and begins to excitedly construct the body of the mate. As they complete their work, a storm rages and the bandaged, wrapped corpse is brought to life with the lightning strikes. The two doctors celebrate the success as she opens her eyes. Frankenstein cries, she's alive, alive! And Pretorius declares her the bride of Frankenstein. As she is presented to the audience, the monster comes down the tower killing the henchman and upon seeing his mate asks friend. The bride then screams at him, hiding behind Frankenstein. Rejected, the monster starts to destroy the lab, telling Henry and Elizabeth to go, live, as the lab collapses around them. As Henry and Elizabeth flee, the monster sheds a tear as he pulls the switch that ultimately destroys both monsters, the lab and Pretorius. 
It's no secret that director James Whale was openly gay and that The Bride of Frankenstein has been subject to many discussions about the homosexual undertones and camp themes that occur throughout the film. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Going into the film, I was really hopeful for a real solid female presence. Maybe I'd been spoiled by Metropolis, but when the title says Bride of Frankenstein, you kinda hope it's gonna involve more than just a five minute appearance of one of the most iconic monsters in modern history. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, it's just I was hoping for more. More narrative, more interaction between the monster and his creator, most of all, more bride. I was surprised by how short the film was. At just over 70 minutes long, it tries to squeeze in more than it should. Whale had apparently edited the film down just days before its premiere from 90 minutes to 74 minutes. But at what cost? It certainly seemed to be at the cost of the story, some parts not making much sense, others being too long. But is the film title referring to the Bride of Frankenstein or the actual Bride of Henry Frankenstein, Elizabeth? Either way, I'm disappointed that from a represented point of view, both characters are secondary at best and it seems wrong. The title says Bride of Frankenstein, not Frankenstein needs to create a girlfriend for the monster who hates him, which in hindsight is probably a tad long. It is important to note that Elsa Lanchester has a dual role in the film. She is credited for playing the role of Mary Shelley, the actual writer of the story, but Lanchester is also uncredited for the role of the bride. By having this dual role, Lanchester is set in the tone of the story. Shelley is the one who creates the characters who then create the bride. Is she playing God then? But why have the dual role? What is James Whale trying to tell the audience? Is Shelley the bride? Is this a nod towards the way women were treated during Shelley's time? Mary Shelley is portrayed in the film as being sweet and incapable of creating such horrors. But is that because she is an upper class noble or because that's how the director perceived her to be? In real life, Mary Shelley was the daughter of famed feminist Mary Wollstonecraft. Widowed at just 24, Shelley had already written and published Frankenstein at the age of 21. An intellectual, she'd had no formal educational training, but was considered bold and bright as a child. So to portray her as a timid, quiet woman with no real ambition seems to be completely against the real-life Shelley. But each female character in the movie is portrayed as either annoying or weak. From Minnie, the housekeeper is the comedy relief, to the screaming, hissing bride at the end. They seem to be an over-exaggeration of themselves. Even when Elizabeth is lamenting over her vision, becoming hysterical and fainting into a weakened Henry's arms, she is dismissed by the strange Pretorius because he has something so important that Henry's wife cannot possibly hear it. Minnie, warning the village of the return of the monster but is rejected and shunned despite the truth in her words, she is sent back to her duties as the housekeeper. The role of the bride is an interesting one for me. She is a pivotal character within the story. The film is named after her, but her brief appearance leaves me to question how important she actually was. The focus is on the relationship between the original monster and the people he encounters, the development of the relationship between Frankenstein and his mentor Pretorius. The bride is the means to an end, but when the monster decides that, nah, he's had enough of rejection and burns everything to the ground, it seems such a shame and a waste to have spent all that time creating something as iconic as the bride. But was that James Whale's intention? The original edit has 
everyone die, including Elizabeth, who somehow escapes from wherever she was held captive to try and get to her husband, but Wales edited the Doctor and his wife escaping as the monster destroys the lab, Pretorius and the bride. I think I was more frustrated than anything else. I wanted the bride to be more than what she was, a scared child. She had just been created and was already being forced into a relationship with a stranger, at which point said stranger then flips some tables and destroys the place before he could even face yet another rejection. Could this be Whale presenting the ways in which women were treated both in Shelley's time and his? Shelley published her novel anonymously for fear of losing her children and she was a woman who couldn't possibly have written such horrors. In the 30s, arranged marriages and even child marriages were still legal in some USA states and perhaps by having the bride forced into a relationship with this new monster, Whale was surreptitiously commenting on contemporary society. The bride herself protests her own concerns, albeit with screams and hissing, but is forced to sit with this monster regardless, and her brand new life is dramatically cut short when the monster decides he has had enough of the rejection and destroys everything. With everything that Henry went through to create a second monster, a mate for his original creature, he is still wary of the consequences, but that's not to say he won't go through with it. Pretorius reveals his dastardly plan to Henry by having the monster kidnap Elizabeth to make sure Henry upholds his end of the bargain. Would Henry have done it regardless? We will never know. However, where does that leave us? 75 minutes of a film that seems to squish in a lot of the tale but misses out important things, but focuses on the wrong things. The scene where Pretorius is showing Henry his creatures is spectacular to watch, but is it necessary? The finale of the film is incredible to watch. You can see the influences it has over its successors. The reveal of the bride in her iconic final costume is stunning, but it all seems so rushed. The monster losing his absolute rag because he's had enough of rejection makes it sadder for me. The bride barely gets a chance to live before her life is brutally taken away again.